0: Let's, um, so we're going to turn to Matthew chapter, number, Matthew chapter number 3, verse 11, please. Matthew chapter number 3, verse 11. Pastor, I want to thank you for letting me preach again. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm trying to see how much I can lengthen this as much as possible, because a lot of people already have been telling me, hey, um, it's going to be a quick sermon. So yeah, I'm going to try it a little bit longer. So we'll see how this works. <laughs> so... Um, so Matthew chapter number three, verse number 11, I did baptize you with the water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I may not, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today. Um, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to preach to your people, Lord. Um, Please be with me as I go through my sermon here, and hopefully whatever you have given me to give to them. out as clear as possible for them to understand. Lord, we love you. Um, thank you for all you do. Amen. So that doesn't help at all. Okay. No, um, but um, so going to the service. So the other day we were <laughs> we were at um, we we. Um, the staff and I, we went down to see Brother Hamlin um, down um, in, over in Beesville, Beesville, somewhere. It's about a, about an hour and a half away. Um, but he he preached a sermon on um, he preached a sermon on uh, a thermostat versus a um, a therm- thermometer, um, a thermometer versus a thermostat, which um, got me thinking, and this is this is what I'm trying to get to you guys today, but, um, got me thinking, um, on, on a thermostat. And then in turn, we were, you know, we were talking, um, a little bit about, you know, people's fire and what, you know, and, um, he, he had made a mention about, um, how there's just a lot of people that are out there right now that are just completely lost their fire and completely dimmed out, And, um, so, you know, I was thinking about fire, of course, um, I was thinking about fire and, you know, it's, 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 it's weird how amazingly, fire is. Um, if you have sat next to a bonfire or sat in any place you, you you sit there and you kind of stare into this fire and you know before you before you realize it you know you're you're, you're listening to it crackle you're listening to you're, you have you know that, that bonfire smell on you that lasts for weeks if you don't watch it um, but you know you you there's there's just something about fire um, but then I noticed that you know when we were going through our Sunday school lessons back when we were talking about the tabernacle um, you know God also has fire it uses fire for a lot of things. Um, you know, back when, um, the burning bush, that was, that was him showing, showing the fire. Um, and then the ber- the bracing altar, um, and then Mount Carmel, but God, um, God also, there's something about fire. Um, you know, I'm not a scholar to tell you what it is, but, um, you know, God is attracted to, um, and that, that we are attracted to, but, you know, but God doesn't really have that fire anymore. Fire that God's given us is the fire that He gave the local church, um, and in um, just today, that is the fire that He has. It's a fire that's in within us, and that He gave us, and then also the fire of the church. That's what He is looking for. And um, and I was just saying, there's nothing really, and you know, we've gone to a lot of churches where we've gone to visit and see Him preaching, and there's 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 a lot of churches that are just drowsy and. And it's just, you know, you go there and you, you know that the, that, that their fever, their, their, their oomph for God is just been completely diminished. And, um, and when brother, brother Hamlin was talking about, uh, the fire of his thermostats it really, really had me, had me going, um, with, you know, anchor here. Um, the last thing I want to do is to be one of those places. And, um, and. You know, and I was just thinking, it's like, what do I have to do, uh, me, to do my part in bringing back the fire that we need in this church to keep going? Um, so, and, it reminds me, um, with Hebrews um, 12, 2, but it says, for our God is a consuming fire. And God, des- God desires, and not only desires, he kind of deserves to have a church that's on fire for him. And, um, and... And because a church on fire is his divine power, and that is where I want to just try to talk to you guys a little bit today. So, um, you know, my thoughts is, you know, what are, you know, what is it about a fire, you know, that I can implement in my life? And, and I'm just talking metaphorically, but, um, you know, I want to give you a couple things. First on what an individual needs to do for, um, to light that fire. Also, I want to give you what we should do and what what a church should be to light that fire. Um, but the first one is it's it's um, fire consumes, right? Um, fire fire consumes what it has. And this is my thought with that is um, fire should burn out sins in our lives. That is one of the first things that we should start doing is the sins that we have in our life. And that is what's, what we could do in our part to allow our church to be on fire in the way it should be. Is on an individual level, we need to start burning off the sinful things that we have that um, everybody has. But start burning off those things um, and get that stuff out of our lives. Um, as much as we can push forward and try to get that out of our lives, that is the consuming fire that we need to have yeah. in ourselves. Um, the other thing is fire purifies. And it just it's kind of the same thing, but it makes us clean and holy um, before God. It's a it's a place for you to come and purify yourself to reamp that fire to make yourself clean and pure in yourselves. Um, and then the other the other thing is uh, a fire prepares. And when I say prepare, you know, Brother Ben would know is it's the cooking aspect of it. It's it's something that is to to allow you to mm-hmm. attract um, people with food. Um, Brother Ben does a good job with that um that's, uh, but you know it it allows you to attract people to choose makes it tasteful and pleasant for um an individual when somebody has that fire in them for them to be approached um the next thing is the fire cheers um a fire cheers and it and, and it goes against the same sense you know when you're stuck outside in the cold you know being next to a fire it it, it brings a joy in that's an individual. That's what our fire should do is bring joy into the hearts of others um, with that. And that's with, with another thing that a fire does. But then um, also fire softens. And I, I have a point here. It says the Holy Spirit softens the heart of the sinners to repent. And that is one of our main fires that we need to keep going is having that fire. And people know, hey, you know, softens their heart because when somebody sees it's, you know, soul winning, with, when you have that fire and you have that confidence, it's a lot easier to talk to people. And it not only is a lot easier to talk to people, but then they receive it way easier. And I think, and I honestly think that's just the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in them. They see the fire. And it's you know, once one fire gets close to something dead, of course it's going to burn up as well. And I think that's that that is that is what the fire does. But then also, fire unifies. Um, you know, and again. When we all have the fire and we're all on the same place, we're all unified into the same thing. Um, and that's what creates the unity that Pastor always talks about in this church and, you know, that we're a part of is, but, you know, but if we all start dying out, that unity is going to break. Right. Yeah. Because something hot cannot be next to something cold. It's just not going to work. It doesn't mix. Um, but um, but then the other one is um, fire, fire empowers us. Um, in Acts chapter one, verse number eight, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come unto you. That is God saying, "Hey, I'm giving you the the power to one have that fire to go out and empower you to go and preach the gospel to other people, start catching other people on fire." Um, you know, it, you know, in California. A lot of things get caught on fire because there's a lot of dead brush, but that's how we should be as a church to our people in the world is catching every, everything that we possibly can on fire for the crow, for the Lord. And that's going to keep catching and catching and catching. Um, Cause ultimately the ultimate plan for us is to reach the whole world. And there's, and, and there's no way that we can reach the whole world and, as a fire if we're put out. Um, so, that's, um, you know, those are seven things that I was thinking about characteristic of what a fire does that we can do in our lives yeah. to try to liven our church in what fire. But when it comes with fire, there's also other things that we need to do as a church, and um, I wanted to give you those things. So as a church, there's some things that you want to do, and I wanted to start with um, point number one. It says, as a church on fire, you um, we will fast and pray. Um, this past two months, pastors spend um, almost every Thursday, um, Teaching on prayer and on how do we as a church tap into um, the next level of prayer in our lives? You know, pastor always talks about we need to we need to always strive to get into the next level in our Christian lives. And and for in the teaching that he was showing us is how for us to break those levels to get to that to that point. But the, the reason pastor says it is because he knows the power that comes in in there with the church when we pray fast um, because it says. In um, Second Chronicles, chapter number 7, verse 1 through 3, let's turn there. Second Chronicles, chapter number 7, and we're going to start in verse 1. And the verse said, Now when Solomon had made an end to his prayer, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. And the glory, the glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw and saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord, and the glory of the Lord unto the house, they bowed themselves on their faces to the ground unto the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying. For he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. So that is the power that, or the ability that we have as a church to bring down the fire from God, and not only bring down the fire from God as a church, but also to where where everybody can see God's glory in this place. Um, and and um, and it takes it takes us earnestly seeking God um, wholeheartedly. Um, we have to give out yeah. everything that everything that we have in our heart, we have to give yeah. out yeah. and try to capture yeah. just a glimpse of what that was. Um, I can only imagine, uh, you know, you in the temple, but the Lord, but the Lord comes down and the fire of the Lord comes down and, and you not being able to enter because his glory is so massive. His glory is so great. Um, I can only, it's one of those things where you can only imagine, but it's still possible because the Lord, you know, just because it, it happened there doesn't mean it can't happen here. Um, you know the Bible is written for all of us, and there's still a possibility for us to do it. Um, but it says Second Chronicles that ye may give yourself. I'm so, Sorry, it says First Corinthians chapter number seven, verse five that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer, and to to fasting and prayer. And also with that, there's rewards that are promised. Um, because if you look at Matthew's chapter six, verse eighteen, we turn there. Um, Matthew chapter six verse eighteen, where it says that um, that 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 thou uh, appear unto the men too fast, but unto the Father, which is in which is in secret, and thy Father, see, which seeketh in secret, shall reward you openly. So God is what God is saying is He, I have rewards for you. But I need you guys to sell out. Give me your heart so I can give you the rewards that are bound for you. And for us to do that as a church, um, you know, one of the best things that is going on right now in our church, and it's going to lead me kind of to my next point, is God our, our, our pastor's emphasis on let's pray. Before every service, we're going to pray. Um, all the men get together and we pray. All the ladies get together on in, um, in another room and also pray. But a church that's praying, um, it's always bound for attack. And it kind of leads me, it's going to jump me over to my next point, which is part number two. A church on fire will be put to the test. Um, you know, nothing describes a church more right now than this point right here. It's put to the test. I mean, you guys read our prayer letter that we had today. And, you know, If we read the Bible in Romans chapter number seven, verse 21, Romans chapter 27, verse 21, where it says, I find thee a law. I don't know about you, but I think law means it's mandatory. Everybody has to abide by it. Um, I find you a law that when I would do good, evil is always present. You know, pastor always says it all the time. And for some reason, we just overthink it all the time that. Mentions that right there. When evils, when 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 I would do good, evils always present. It's a law. It says right there. I find I find then a law. That means it applies to everybody. Right, right. No matter how much you try, it's going to apply to everybody at some right. point because it says it's a law. Um, but you know, rare, rare times, us as Christians, we want to skip over that law. You know what I mean? Because as as Christians, we don't want that. You know, it applies to all of us. It says, I find thee a law. But as Christians, we don't want that. We don't want to go through those struggles. Um, but, you know, I was you know, we read that verse where it says when evil is through, it's good. But I want to show you guys an example that I was reading the other day. And we're going to turn to the book of Mark, chapter number four. chapter number four, and we're going to start in verse number 35. Um, This is an example of people that were with God through all the miracles. They're with God through all the good, per se. They're with God, you know, there's part, if you read, um, if you read, ooh, verse, sorry. Um, So, verse 36, verse 36. Give me one second. Apologize. Alright, chapter number four, verse 30, 34, where it says that the, if you look at the other half, um, when they were alone, he expounded all the things to the disciples. Do you imagine that you being so close to, to Jesus, so close to our Christ, that he's not only now in your time alone, let's go back to the prayer. This is you know what why Pastor always talks about your alone time, is to the point that he expounds on everything for you, you know. There's a lot of times that we go through things in our lives that we are like, "Why?" You know, why are these things happening to us? But God says, "You know, you know." It's it's specific to the, I understand, but the, but God is saying, "Hey, I expound, I expanded when we were alone. I expanded all things to our disciples here." that day. But God said, "There's another thing." On verse, if if you look at verse 35, when in, at the end of that, it's like, "Let us pass over onto the other side." God is telling us, right, that, hey, there's a journey that we need to take, but I'm, let's us take that journey. Um, And a lot of times, especially when we're in in certain situations, we kind of forget that, that, that God said, hey, let us do this together. Um, When, when we got saved, you know, God said, now it's a us, not a you. And, um, but, you know, a lot of times we, we forget that or, you know. God's telling us to get that, but then there's, there's another step to that us that said, Hey God, let us go and do this. And the other step is the actual doing, because there's, there, there's a lot of times that there's a lot of us that are outside of what God wants for us in our lives. Um, we do things outside of God's will, because we don't want to follow God's saying, Hey, this is a path I wanted you to take, right. but you're like, eh, that path seems a little bit too difficult. I don't want to do that. And I want to stand and do my own thing but God's saying, hey, let us do this because this is the path that I want you in. And, but a lot of us don't do that. But just imagine these guys, you know, on fire for God. They're, they they have seen all the great crowds. They've seen all the miracles. You know, they surrendered themselves to God and they're, they're, they're going through the journey with Jesus. And they've seen all the miracles. They've seen everything that he, he was doing at the time. They've seen the great multitude. There's literally thousands of people coming to Christ at the time. Literally, because he was there. Um, but he, they were coming to him at that time. Um, but they, they got on the boat and God said, hey, let's on the ship. And God said, hey, let's pass, let's go through the other side. But something came. And if we, if we go and we'll read verse number 37. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat on the side of the ship. So that it was now full. So now you have, hey, these guys are in it, on fire. Let's do this. And then comes a storm. And a lot of times where when, when the storm comes, um, we see the storm. And, you know, the disciples, they were they were no amateurs um, when it came to a boat. They, that's what they did. They were, most of them were fishermen. They were no amateur to this. But... The storm was so great; <laughs> they thought they were going to die. Um, but what? What a lot of us, you know, as Christians, what we go through these great storms, is that that you know sometimes we think it's one; only. it's happening to us. But then also we we think it's something that we cannot bear. But God said, "Let's remember." God said, "Let's us go. Let's us go through this together." Um, but like I said, you know, there was there were no beginners that great storm came, um, but then, you know, I was reading a little bit more into this, and it's like, you know, there, there was more than one storm kind of happening during that time. You know, the Bible literally talks about, um, it's specifically talking about one storm, the storm wind. but there was some other storms I want to point out to you, because, um, you know, with the storm, let's let's call it the storm of circumstances, right, things are happening in your life and you're and, um, and you think, hey, this storm is not something I can bear. But then that storm of circumstances turns into a storm of emotions. And then things and decisions are starting to be made based off of your emotions and what you're feeling. When God literally told you, hey, let us go and go through this path. And he said, I would expand all this to you. But there's there's the circumstances comes and hits you blindside. And now you're letting your emotions dictate everything that you're wanting to do in your life. So. That's the second storm there. You know, we let finances, we let health situations, we let friends and family dictate what your emotions. You get upset with something, and, you know, you're going to change everything in your life. But God told you when you got saved, hey, I will be with you forever. He's not going to leave you. Um, but then, you know, when when that that time of emotions, now you, you have made all these decisions in your life. But then comes, then, you know, not only decisions that are not, not in the will of God, but then comes that. That next storm, which is a storm of doubt, um, then we start doubting because it says, um, if you read a little bit further in the verse, it says, Master, Crieth thou not, cares thou not that I perish? that we perish? You know, he's in the boat with you, right. he's there, sleeping on the pillow, he is there with you physically. And what, what we think is now, now we take we let this situation slam us into a corner and we let our emotions guide and. All the decisions I'm going to make is based off emotions, and then now you are making decisions, and now you're doubting the man that's there on the boat with you already. Um, just because things are going on in your life doesn't mean they're not—they're not, they that God's not with you. Right. And and you know because when He said, "Hey, let us go, let us go together," um, but you know, and even with the storm of circumstances, you know. It's one of those things where I just, you know, it's, what if the storms and the problems that you're doing in your life are going through in your life? It's not really about you. Um, there's there's things that you happen in your life. And you know, God could do miracles. God could do things. But it, he lets things in your life. But, you know, it's not for your glory. It's for his. Yeah. You know, he does things in your life for his glory. And, and maybe everything that you're going through right now, maybe it's not about you. Because you know, one thing that we always seem to forget, and it's something that I found in verse, <laughs> verse number six, is you know, you're worried about the storm of circumstances that comes, and and and, and it's about to tear your boat apart, and you know, you're crying out, "Hey, how, you're going to let us perish." But if you look at verse number thirty-six in, the, in in that in that bottom part, and there were also with him other little ships. Maybe the things that you're going through in your life is not as difficult as it seems, because I imagine they had a big ship with Jesus with them. Imagine all the other little ships and everything they're going through. You, you think that when a great storm to the point of of almost destruction, but then you have, you have them. But we, we let our circumstances dictate our emotions and our emotions dictate our doubt. And then when our doubt comes, then that's where the testimonies get ruined. And the people that are coming behind you are the ones that are looking up to you to live through, you, vicariously through you and your testimony. Because God's glory is not about you; God's glory is about others. And God shows His glory through circumstances and things that are going on in your life. And and that is one thing that we seem to always for, forget or not or, or, or not seeing that we yeah we may be going through the worst time possible in our lives, but yet there's other little ships right behind you. And the path and everything that you're going through right there in that circumstances is maybe not about you. Maybe it's about them in situations that they'll find themselves in their life. And now they have an example to be able to get through and do more for Christ. And that is what a lot of people don't seem to, you know, and and I'm not not saying it's not hard. You know, I'm not saying that what you're going through is, you know, something made up, but God said, Hey, let us go. I am here with you. Um, But, He, you know, it says it shows you a little bit further in the lesson is he was asleep on a pillow on the same boat. God said, "Hey, I'm here, here for you always. The situations that you're going through, hey, I'm here." You know, it took him three words to calm everything down, and those three words is, "Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Everything ceased." further in in that in, in verse 41 but i love how you know they're going through all this stress they're going through everything they're going they're thinking they're about to die and jesus just comes and says, peace be still and things come yeah. and then at that point they realize which god they're looking at because a lot of times you know brother himlin said you know said something like this very similar but a lot of times what we do is we forget that our god is god almighty right. and we only think about the god the baby in the major but yeah. God said that he will take care of us. He will always be with us. Yeah, and he yeah. said, let yeah. us go to the other side. That's, all, that's, that's, that's saying that, I'm not no English whiz, but that's saying that he is there with us to the other side. And um, Brother Ham said something pretty cool, which in theory makes sense. I've, I heard it, but the way he said it caught my attention. And he says that, you know, when, we're, when we have our prayer list and we're praying on our prayer list, we should always have something so big on our prayer list that only God can accomplish. Because a lot of times, you know, we start knocking things out on our prayer list. And at the end of the day, it's just us knocking those things out. And God's not really working. But then we seem to start at some point forgetting that, you know, we're taking these things out of our prayer list. But then God has to show itself and show what he's doing because you already have forgotten what it is that you were playing for. And then now you think because, you know, I'm doing it. I'm the one that are taking care of those. But God, and that's why you you need to humble yourself and have something that, hey, you know, this is yeah. on my prayer list. Yeah. I will never meet this. this. Yeah. Let me put that on my prayer list because I'm telling you the moment that that happens, then you're really going to know where it came from. Yeah. And, um, but, um, but yeah, that's, you know, on that second point is where where I think that our church in a whole with our fire is right now, this year, we have decided that we are going to go back to the basics. We are going to do things the way God originally intended and do this and push as hard as we can. And we, we have started with our prayer, but now is kind, it's, it's the time of testing. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to let you guys know with that, With the second point is that that time is testing, but God's with us. He has not left us. He will not leave us. He said, I'll be with you forever. But it goes to our third point is as a church on fire, we need to, we need to start being uncomfortable with the things of the world. Right. And w- with that, um, I, I talk about, you know, because a lot of times we Christians, and it, it gets to the point that, you know, we stop we stop just letting things go. Stop letting things go start letting things go, start letting things go, before you realize that we are at a point where we don't even recognize ourselves as Christians. Right. And, you know, um, Anchor has a standard. Right. Anchor has a standard of what they live by and what he does and thanks to our pastor. That's our standard. But the standard that he set is not because, hey, he wants to be unfair or anything. No, that standard is because I don't want to be even close to what the world is. And that's what God asked for when He asked for His separation. I don't even want you guys close to what it is that the world is about. Um, and it says in First John, for First um, John chapter two, verse number fifteen, and it says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man loves, if a, if a man loves the world, the love of his father is not in him." The love of his father's not in. But what that verse kind of speaks for itself. It, it, it is what it is. When you are so close to the world or start deciding, hey, I'm going to change my standards to fit in or to get crowds or to do whatever and start changing the standards that God gave us um, in this church. Now, now we're just starting to face a little bit to get more people, but then we start losing who. And that's why I love this church. You know, no matter where we go as a church, it's like, you go to church, it's like, yeah, it's not quite our church. Uh, but it's because we hold a standard, and, you know, people see it all the time. And it's a standard that he implemented a long time ago. Um, and it's a biblical standard. It's, you know, he made the decisions based off of what he believed the Bible says. But now we have our standard, and I, and I, and I, and I love the standards that we have because everybody and always knows Anchor. No matter where you go, they know, oh, I know that church, Anchor. Or if they don't know you, they're going to remember where you're from because of the standards that you have. Um, but as as us, God's Father's burns in our heart. And um, we need to make sure that we don't let that burn away. Yeah, and allowing the world to keep throwing water on us or keep us trying to keep it cool. Um, eventually, you get to the point where your fire that God indwelled with you is going to be very covered up with all the stuff in the world. Um, but that's, um, and then we get um, another point is um, a church on fire cares for souls. Um, even Jesus wept for um, Jerusalem and he cared for the souls of those people. Um, and to a true church on fire cares for the souls of everybody that's out there. Um, we need to get to the point that, I mean, Jesus wept. Why are we not weeping? Because there's still a lot of people out in this world. There's still a lot of people, not only in Columbus, but throughout the world that has not heard the the word, um, uh, heard the gospel. And it's our jobs to go out there and do that. But a lot of times what we do is, you know, we honestly, we don't care about the souls that are out there. Um, You know, we we don't act that way. We don't soul win. We don't don't push. We don't come in and, and, and try to bring people to this church or try to help people. Get the gospel as much as we know how. I understand we're not all fantastic soul winners. I mean, I personally am not a fantastic soul winner. But at least if I if I attempt it, I'm going to try to do my part to do my yeah. what I can to bring people to Christ. Yeah. Um, and it it could be anywhere from bringing them to church, you know, talking about them, you know, talking to them about your church, and you know, let them bring in and let people that know how to do it lead them to Christ. Um, but if church on fire cares for the souls, for, for souls. And it says, um, in Psalms 142, four, no man, no, no man cries for my soul. And, and that's just, you know, what it is. If we get to the point that we don't care what's going on out there, um, it's, it's going to be a sad time for the not only for us, but it's going to be a sad time for this church. Because at the, at, the, at the moment that we stop caring about them, then eventually not only are we going to die out, um, but then all those souls, there's going to be a point that you're going to have to come before Christ and, and then he's going to ask you, hey, you see that person, you see that person, you see that person, you see that person. I put them in your path. What, what do you do about it? And a lot of us are not going to have the answer. I mean, I'm, I mean, me personally, there's been a lot of times where, where I know God is talking to me. Hey, go talk to that guy. But I allow, I allow myself, or I allow my embarrassment, or you know, my nerves, right. stop me from going there. Try to avoid it completely. Right. But at the end of the day, God is putting people in, in your path constantly. You just have to open your eyes and look. Hey, maybe that's who God wants me to talk to. Yeah. You know, and it happens a lot. Usually, when we go out soul winning. The guy that I am terrified to talk to or the person I am terrified to talk to is the one that I have the best conversation with usually and the ones that I'm able to lead to Christ. Yeah. And then the people that I think that, oh, you know, this is gonna be easy, let's do this, is the people that slay my door in your face. Um, but, <laughs> but you know things, things like that should not let you discourage because God is putting those people in your path. Um, he wants you to not forget about the souls of those peoples. You know, it So much joy to, you know, see what the bus ministry is about. And I've got to witness it firsthand recently this past week because um, I became bus captain to a route. But we we, we see what it is to bring kids to church and then finally break past that point where you are now, instead of the front door, now you're going inside. And being able to witness to the family, being able to talk to the parents, being able to show them, hey, we care for your kids, but we also care for you guys and your souls. Um, the, the reason we do this is, yeah, and I, we love bringing the kids, you know, we love their souls, we want to bring them in, but the reason is for us to get past that point of the door and get into the family, because the change, it's not going to start the kids could change all they want, and it actually may be a lot more difficult if we don't get past that door and talk to the parents, but um, it, it, it brings me joy um, to finally get, we, you know, it was a crazy situation, but we, we got to the point that there was a bus kids family and I was worried about the teenager, um, because once I inherited a bus route, um, the teenager stopped coming and I was trying to do my best to figure out plans to, 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 to try to get her, try to, you know, try to talk to her, try to be able to break that barrier. Um, you know, but then God put a situation in front of us and, uh, and that allowed us, you know to go. Past that door barrier, you know, and, and, and it happened at a odd time and odd places. But we we, we, we broke we broke past that door barrier, um, and that night I was able to leave mom to Christ. Um, and then mom didn't come that week, but then she came last week. And you guys saw mom here. You guys saw mom, older brother, and also um, um, Vincent, boyfriend, um, that were here, and they were they were they were here and, you know, both got saved, boyfriend got baptized, everything like that, the family's overjoyed, I went out to eat with all of them, they love church, they love pastor, um, and, you know, they're excited, she's excited, and with with the life that they lived, um, or they, they live, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard journey for them, and, you know, one of the biggest things for this church is, and I know this church is our, we, we do our part, you know, we, we try to make people feel welcome and try to, you know, shake their hand and try to do as much as possible to help people, um, especially through that transition. That's one of the, you know, one of the many things that I came back for is that I felt welcome in a lot of time places that I, I, I wasn't welcome in, but that's one thing I did not feel here, which is surprisingly, you know, not safe, just throughout the world. I come to a church and I feel welcome. That's very weird how that worked out, but that's just how, that's just how it is you know that's our part that we need to do we need to care for the souls of those people because at the end of the day um with god can't do it himself he has to use us and we have to be open to be able to do that and help those people and so you know we 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 got into the house now i came to church you know went out to eat i'm trying to give them my heart i'm trying to show them hey you know god is good he can do so much for you um And, um, and us as Christians, our part is we have to have the patience to work with them. Um, but, and, in a church that, we're going to go for uh, my fifth point, but a church that accomplishes all those, all those things, then they accomplish great things for the world. And when, when, we, when I say great things, you know, I mean, say people getting saved, you know, people getting right, people getting right, not only. Level with you and God, but also right with other people. Um, yeah. Because the moment that we break break through that, the moment that we that that, that we accomplish all those things and get right, you know, all the promises. Um, but then, you know, we get right with each other, and then we get right with, we we get right with God, and then get right with each other, and then God starts to bless and starts giving everything that we need to as a church. Um, but in order for us to do that, we all one have to examine ourselves. Um, those seven points. It's not. it's it's, it's, it's for a self-reflection of where are you at in the hill situation? Where are you at in your fire? Um, how dim is your fire? How, how how big is your fire? Where are you at? Reflect yourself and let's all yeah. Yeah. accomplish all the other things that we have in our lives to start the fire in this church and, 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 yeah. and have so much fire yeah. that people can't even walk into the door. Um, that is what it should be. That is what God's will is for us. And because, trust me, the things that Anchor can accomplish, if we all buy in and we all give it all, it's something that we probably can, you know, once we get to heaven, we're going to, they're going to throw, I imagine they're going to throw parties for us for, you know, because God God has allowed us for, you know, for those things to happen through our church. But, you know, everybody's going to know who the Anchor crowd is. And, um, but, but, but it takes not only takes not only us reflecting on what, where we at, where we are at, but also us reflecting as a church. And we're right now, we're going through a period where we are being tested in every every way possible. But what are we going to do about that? Because at the end of the day, God said he's with us. He said he's not, he's asleep on the pillow. It's just we know we'll get to that point, but we're going to have to ride the waves for a while. But we'll get to that point where he's just going to come out and say, be still. And everything is just going to be lit and on fire for that, okay? Um, That's all I have for you guys. Thank you. Today I know it's a little bit longer.